Wow. Yo, we just killing this. Every day we coming stronger and stronger and stronger. But this time, we finally got a guest on the show. So, Mrs. Thompson, how you doing? Anthony. You Yo, doing Fred, it? why are you always Yo, cutting no. me off? Let me tell you, because you're not doing it right. Okay. We got to set the atmosphere, okay. bro. Okay. I mean, I get it. You excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> Wifey's here. Ooh. <laughs> My but, uh, We got to set the tone first. Okay. You know what I'm saying? God and give praises to God. Welcome to Top Shelf, where we seek truth, opinion, perspective, and we seek solutions. So let, let's do this. Matter of fact, Janelle, can you lead us in a word of prayer? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Since you're the guest. Mm. Of honor. By your, by your head. <laughs> oh, Heavenly Father, we just come to you today and we just ask that you would bless this episode. Mm. We ask that it would reach thousands of viewers people would subscribe that they would be tapped in and learn more about them discover father that it would cause them to grow father it would cause mm -hmm. them to have deeper conversations within their families and their friendships lord we just ask that you would just have your way in this podcast episode today in jesus name amen amen, amen. yo yo anthony gave the extra mm. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you i said okay came from his soul you know okay. what I'm saying? Uh, that prayer had you a little... my soul? But anyway. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Yo, stop the presses. Stop the presses. Okay. Anthony, I am clearly in the man cave today. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to start this thing off right. This is the mental health episode part two, yes. fellas. This is... I f if, this feels good, man. The yes. mental health episode part one. Uh, was so amazing. We got mm -hmm. to talk about it from all angles. Yes, um, sir. And now we have a guest here who's actually in the field. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's a warrior in the field of mental health. Right. You know what I'm saying? A titan, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> ask Sigmund Freud about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all I got to say. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's counseled the best. You know what I'm She's saying? She's an international. International. Yes. Miss Janelle Thompson. Put respect on that name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got to put some respect on it. <laughs> but as Anthony always says, I want to do a mental check-in with, with, with the, my guys. Mm. Jeff, how, you, how are you mentally today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, I know I always say that I'm good, mm -hmm. but it's true. I'm good because I'm here with my bros. Mm -hmm. I'm here with the lovely, beautiful Janelle. I'm here, man. Mm -hmm. I'm here to make this happen. Yo, I give God all the glory, all the grace. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Good. And Anthony, see now the guns turn back on you. <laughs> How are you feeling? Today? I feel like Mentally. a 10. A 10? Because I got my wife next to me. <laughs> so I'm happy. I'm very happy. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay. I love it. Look at her smiling. Look, oh, man. She, look. <laughs> she can see her smile. You need to chill, Ed. I'm going to try. I want to ask Janelle. Sweet lady. <laughs> I want to ask Janelle uh, because she is in the field as well. Uh, could you tell us uh, about your. Uh, position in the area of mental health? Like, what do you do? Yeah. So my name is Janelle Thompson, as 
the gentlemen have said, and I am a licensed mental health therapist in the state of New York. Um, I literally just help people mm-hmm. get through their mental health issues, mental health trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm big on helping women, especially women of color, um, transition and work through their trauma, right? Oh. And turn their trauma into strength, grit, and purpose. I think a lot of times um, what I've seen growing up and just my own experiences coming from a West Indian family, um, going to a predominantly white institution for school, just a lot of different various experiences. I've seen people of color have to adapt, have to switch, have to change, and also still not deal with their childhood trauma, not deal with pains and hurts that they've experienced. And for a long time, um, I was actually working more so hands-on with youth. And so I worked in the juvenile justice world for a little bit, ATI world, just helping youth that were facing violent felonies actually get reduced sentence time. And that was done through functional family therapy in their homes, in their Mm. communities. So I was in their house. I was in their business, you know. Um, And I was a Black person at that, you know, going into those places and being able to help them work through and unpack what they were experiencing on a day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. And I transitioned from doing that for some time. I currently am a supervisor for a foster care program here in the city. Mm. And we basically are um, helping to build out an initiative called Fair Futures, um, which really helps youth that are in foster care have mentors, have people walk alongside them that are coaching them through life and not just having, you know, they have their traditional case planner, but someone that they could hit up and ask real questions with and that's going to walk with them and not just be gone because they left the job, right? Or because... The, the truth is in social work and mental health, the burnout rate is real. Mm. And so a lot of times youth that are already experiencing trauma as it is from being taken away from their families, they're experiencing hurt and grief in a way that people can't understand um, and people don't always recognize either. And so having a coach to walk alongside of them, having someone to be with them is just one of the ways that I contribute to this field. And that's my way of actually like giving back, I say, because um, I could be in this field. I'm also in private practice. And so helping predominantly, like I said, my niche is women of color, mm. especially millennial women, um, helping them to really transition through their trauma, through their hurts, through their pains, transitioning in workplaces, relationships, things that they've really experienced, um, abusive relationships, you name it. Um, mm. And then couple work is something that I'm also really hands on with at my current practice. And so that's the niche of what I do um, mm-hmm. here in the city. And I love it. I love every minute that I get to speak with my clients. I enjoy working with my clients. I enjoy helping and watching them have breakthrough moments. I enjoy when they graduate out of therapy okay. and they're able to like message me and be like, hey, like I didn't think I was going to be able to get through this. And I remember the tools that we worked through and I got through it. Like, thank you. I appreciate those moments. And it mm. makes my job even worth more. I love it. That's dope. That was that was good. That's dope. That's that my wife. Good. That was a full plate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm just enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting here enjoying the conversation right now. Um, wow, Janelle, I didn't know you did all that. Like that, that look, look you think girl, you know someone. You better, you better go. Um, but I have a question for you. Because yeah. you know, uh, as a therapist, I wanted to know, like, how do you mentally unpack 
when you face stressful situations mm-hmm. because I know you are always helping people through their yeah. situations, but on a day-to-day basis, how do you deal with those triggers and things of that nature? Great question. One word, boundaries. Mm. Um, in several different ways. Um, I'm very particular in my day-to-day of when I get new clients at intake, I screen all of my clients. Mm. So if I don't feel like I can be able to be equipped to help you through that process, or if I'm currently in a position where I'm going through my own stuff Mm -hmm. and I don't think I can take that on, I won't take you on as a client. And I'll let you know, like, hey, I can help refer you to another clinician, but I'm very mindful of who I have on my schedule and who I have on my client roster. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to take on six, seven couples that are all going through the same thing, right? Because burnout is going to happen a lot quicker because I'm hearing the same thing from all seven of these couples, right? And so I'm very strategic in what I say yes to and when I say yes to it um, at the time of whatever is coming in and what referrals are coming in at the, the moment. And so that's one of the big ways, like boundaries, and then just really being intentional about my time. Mm. So when I'm done with session, just having a moment to like do nothing, you know, really being able, um, you know, sometimes people hit me up. They're like, hey, do you have a moment? Can I ask you a question? I'm like, I really don't have the mental capacity at the moment. Wow. And that's just because I need to be honest about where I'm at. When you listen to, when you've had seven or six therapy sessions in a day, Uh you need time to decompress. You need time to not take on the burden of those people. Um, I pray about all my clients. You know, I am a Christian therapist. And so one of the things is also like, God, help me when you send someone to me for counsel, like guide me in my thought process, guide me because there's a million and one thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. a billion and one techniques going in my head. And I'm like, what's going to serve this person right now? What's going to serve this person in their family right now? And really asking God to kind of help me have those conversations with them Mm -hmm. and like literally praying about it. So before I have sessions, you know, just being in worship, even if it's like for 15 minutes, whatever it is, having some time with daddy and being like, Lord, like use me today to speak to your people, to help them to recognize what's really there. When sometimes people are just hiding behind their hurt, hiding behind their pain. Mm. Um, and so for me, it's really comes down to that boundaries in my intimate prayer life with God, because he's giving me the gift. That's also the other piece. Like there's a grace. Like, Mm. I don't think that every person, um, that walks into, you know, you go to school, a lot of people, right? right? And you see a lot going to school and in school, school's meant to sift you out. School's meant to sift out the weak hearted, the person that maybe can't handle it. And in school, you're also taught to recognize your blind spots, recognize what you can't handle. And so I know the type of clients that I can't handle. So when I see the symptoms of those things in an intake or I see the symptoms in the consultation, I already know not for me, mm-hmm. not this season. Right. Right. <laughs> if it's someone that's going to bring up additional things that maybe I'm still working through with my therapist, then I also need to check that and be like, hey, not yet. I can't I can't work with that particular client. And so I think it's just really those boundaries and the prayer piece mm-hmm. and then self-care. Like, you know, when it's self-care, like enjoy it. Like if it's reading a book and for me, reading can be academia reading for my clients. Right. And so reading something that's like really like that I love to read. Right. (laughs) Versus it just being a self-help book or it being like me getting up to wrestling, like the new 
medications that are out there or stuff like that. Like it's not just that, but reading stuff for my own self pleasure mm-hmm. and then watching Ratchet TV. Like that's my other thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's like, I had to throw that I in. I love <laughs> it. That's it. Oh, so normally throw out words like um, boundary. Yeah. But what does boundary mean? Mm-hmm. We pride ourselves in this podcast about solutions, but also about definitions. So in your perspective, what does boundaries mean to you? For me, this is Janelle, not the therapist, just Janelle, actually. Um, <laughs> boundaries is all about self-care. I equate self-care to boundaries and boundaries to self-care, right? Okay. And so boundaries allow you and afford you the opportunity to say yes to the things that you really want to do. Um, because if you're a yes person, right, if you always are saying yes to somebody and something and you don't want to do it, right, then when the things come up that you really want to do, you're not going to be able to have the time to do it, right? You're not going to have the ability Thanks. to actually move into it. Boundaries is also the fact of like knowing what's on your plate and being able to handle it. Like people are not meant to be superhumans. Yeah. And with that, Janelle, so for somebody like me that's yeah. a people pleaser, right? Um, if I'm in a uh, a friendship with somebody who is always playing victim. Mm. Um, how do I how do I navigate that? So I think the my first thing is have you addressed the person, mm. right? Like have you had that conversation with the person? Being assertive about what it is that you feel, being assertive about and using an I statement. A lot of times in therapy, therapists are, talk a lot about I statements, impact statements. Right. Because when you start a conversation with you did this, you get defensive. Right. Mm. It's automatic defense mechanism. We all have defense mechanisms that we're taught from childhood. And so if you're taking the approach to address something like, hey, I feel whatever the feeling is, I feel resentful. I feel overwhelmed when this happened last week. Right. It's about the ownership is on you. The ownership is about what you're feeling, how you're thinking. Right. And then you got to give room for people to respond, right? But you also got to allow people to have a space to unpack, like, and understand if they even heard what you said. Because mm. a lot of times you say one thing and people interpret it into something else based oh, upon wow. their experiences and their family, their family history, their mm-hmm. other relationships. And they filtered what you said through all of that and came out with something else. It's like the game of telephone. You say one thing and it comes out on the other end and something completely different. Mm-hmm. And so, do, do you feel like uh, with that being said do you feel like that leaves room for suppression it leaves room for suppression it leaves room for misunderstandings right it leaves room for a bunch of different things because at the end of the day if the person's not hearing you and you didn't give no type of pushback about it you just mm-hmm. like you know what I'm just wash my hands I'm not even it's not worth it then you walk around feeling resentful. You walk around like, yo, they don't get me to understand. Like, why am I even friends with this person? Right. But the truth, like in true friendship at the end of the day, you're going to have your thoughts. You're going to have your disagreements, but you still love each other and able to hear each other and come back from it. But there's there's a, a moment where both parties have to really be able to say, yo, okay, this is what's happening for me on my end. And this is what's happening for you on your end. And similar to how you guys are at the end of every podcast, like, what's the solution? What's the solution in your friendship? Mm. What's the compromise? Bars. Bars. I didn't know you were a poet. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I'm just sitting here like, damn, she good. (laughs) Yo, Janelle's got a little free therapy. 
<laughs> she's dropping gems. You know, I love it. Jewelry. What is the solutions in your friendship? Oh, so uh, listeners, to all of our listeners out there, what are the solutions in your friendship? Think about that. Is your uh, are, are you suppressing anything, or, or is there anything in your friendship that you're questioning? Are there a lot of things unsaid? Like, think about that, listeners. Can you man? Can you marry your trigger? Mm, that's a good question. You definitely. That's a whole. That's a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> um, oh, that's coming. That's coming. Can Stay you marry tuned. your trigger? No, it really. You really can. Um, you know, I see a lot of couples, and and when I work with couples, one of the immediate things that I'm looking for is assessing how they deal with conflict in their day to day relationship. Right? Are they criticizing? Are they stonewalling? Like, what are they doing with their partner when something happens that they're not happy with and uncomfortable with, mm-hmm. right? We learn all those things from childhood. Mm-hmm. We learn all those things from our experiences. And so, yes, you can marry your trigger because if your trigger was, uh, so say, for example, your partner, um, their father or mother wasn't in, their, in the picture, right? And they have a lot of abandonment issues, there's part of their abandonment, abandonment that they actually project onto their partner, Ooh. right? And so in marriage, you're a mirror, point blank period. In marriage, like your partner is going to show you the good, the bad, the same way when you look in the mirror at yourself and you're like, oh, okay, then I look cute today. Mm-hmm. And your partner is going to affirm that, right? And then there's moments where your partner is going to confront the ugly in you too, mm-hmm. right? And so in those moments, sometimes there are triggers there. Your partner does something that you didn't know was, and that's the thing too, like, I really encourage couples, like, when they're in therapy, like, it's a hard process, it's work, but when you know what your partner's triggers are, then you can do a better job Mm. at not touching them Mm. and helping them to heal from them. When you don't know what's going to happen, it's a ticking time bomb, right? Mm -hmm. So understanding those trigger points, understanding, okay, I know, for example, if someone says, I'm going to, I'm leaving. Like, I need some a moment to just catch some air and I'm leaving. Right. For one person, that's simply just like, I need to get some air and I'm leaving. For another person, that really means you're leaving me. Mm. And you're leaving the relationship. She's not talking cons- about me. She's not talking about me. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Translation. <laughs> and it could, it could, it could really turn triggered. into, <laughs> it could really oh turn God. into a full-blown argument more than what it was initially. And the person is wow. just saying, I need space to process. So for that person, it could be like throwing gasoline on a fire. Yeah, exactly. But you don't know that. So now the person has to understand that language and then know to use different language. Mm. So right? is that associated with somebody who has abandonment issues? Yeah. Someone that, like, okay, you've seen your, your, your father could have left, right? Or a mom could have left, right? And they'll be like, oh, I'll be right back. But they never came back, mm-hmm. right? Or in a relationship, the same thing. But people will get heated in fights and then they walk out. Something happens. You know, there's some type of adultery in the relationship. Something happens. And so every time someone does that for them in an intimate relationship, they're like, oh, Something's bad going to happen. And you mm. could be with a person that really has best of intentions, but they just walk because their way of coping and dealing is to walk outside and get some exercise and be with the air. Okay. So I want to talk about it on a friendship level. Like, yeah. let's say if you have a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And you are giving everything to this friend. Mm-hmm. And you like, 
yeah, let's go there. And you're planning and you're doing all of that stuff. But the friend is, everything is on their terms. Mm. They're emotionally unavailable, but they are willing to go with you when to, when they, you know, when you set things up. What do you do in that situation where you're the friend that I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm doing, and I'm, I want this friendship to work, but I'm just not getting the same thing back. Is it worth it? Is the, is the friendship worth it? And well, what do I, you do? I can't tell you if it's worth it. You got to tell yourself <laughs> if it's worth it. Um, not a therapist move, by the way. <laughs> She's like, I'm out. No, she you can't know, give advice. I think it, it, I always say, let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's get some clarity on that, right? Okay. Because, okay, you're always planning. What is compelling you to always be the one to plan? Is Ooh. it just your nature of like who you are? Are you a planner at heart? Right? Okay, cool. But now in the same token, like, is it the friendship just because of the time? Is it just a history thing? Right. Even in his in, in changes, when you have friendship with someone for X amount of years, whether that's two years, five years, 10 years. Right. There are changes and nuances that happen in the friendship. Right. Right. And so whether that's you get in a relationship, you get married, you have children, things are going to change. Boundaries look different. Mm-hmm. So here we come back to the word boundaries. Right. Mm hmm. It's one having a conversation like, yo, I noticed that every single time I got to plan these outings. It's me. Right. And I would like, once again, being assertive, Mm. I would like if you can maybe take some initiative and plan it. I think people are not comfortable asking for what they want. Mm. Can you say that again for the people in the back? (laughs) (laughs) People are not comfortable asking for what they want or need. Right. And so, for example, we often say, and this is big, and when we talk about mental health, I always say mental health has two spectrums. It has mental health wellness and then mental illness, right? Mm. Mental health wellness is really about your emotional well-being, your physical well-being, your mental well-being, what's gonna, what, everything that's going to put you into that state of feeling good about where you are today, where you are next week, right? And then mental illness is now, in order for you to get diagnosed with a mental illness, you really have to, like, all the things have to be, start to impact your day-to-day function, mm. right? And so people come in dealing with anxiety, but I may not fully diagnose you with an anxiety disorder because it hasn't fully met the criteria, wow. right? And it's a spectrum. So you can have anxious thoughts. If you start to keep entertaining them and you don't have the techniques to kind of work through it, that becomes and can segue into general anxiety disorder. Can right? I ask you, Janelle, can friendships be seasonal? Yes. Mm. They can be seasonable. Seasonal. They can be, um, you know, just in a moment. Like, in that season, you can kind of just have the ability to connect with someone because you're in the same space. Mm. But there are some friendships that are long-lasting, right? And they're going to go with you from journey to journey. But once again, boundaries and intentions, both people, right? It still keeps coming back to those two-sided things. And both people have to be willing. Because the same way in your family, right? If we're talking about family stuff, in a family, yeah, family is, you know, blood. It's, it's, you know, all these different things for people. But is your family able to actually go through those ebbs and flows with you and still be there, right? Mm. Or are they kind of like, nope, this happened, I'm dropping you. Right. Mm. Did they teach you that? And then you imparted that in all your other friendships. So you don't know what a healthy relationship even looks like. I think and I love to be transparent, like 
I did not know how a healthy brotherhood looked like. My own biological brother, and we don't even talk now, but I sent him texts. I sent him everything. But how, when do I know that I got to stop pouring in? Because the person's not texting back or anything. Mm. When do I stop doing it and saying, damn, I don't have my big brother no more? One, adjust how you feel, right? I think really sitting with your feelings, um, we often brush off, like, even in church, right? Like, how you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Like, no, really, how are you? Right? Like, mm. you know, um, I think we quickly can overshadow what people are experiencing in their day-to-day life. Mm. And we say, how are you? And people just have their generic responses. And so I think, one, acknowledge how you feel. Sit with your feelings. And if you don't know how you feel, and you're trying to figure it out and you got no words, go on Google. There's something called a feeling wheel. And in a feeling wheel, there's a bunch of different emotions that come up. And you will see like, okay, it's anger, but it's no, it's really resentment, Mm. right? It's really, I feel disappointed. It's really, I feel let down. Like there are certain things that's happening for you. Be able to acknowledge those feelings, one. Because if you don't acknowledge it, you bury it, right? And you want to sit with that first. And then you want to say, am I doing this with the best, best intentions at heart? Right? Because if you're texting someone, like even if someone hurts you, but in your head, you're like, yo, I just want to see how they're doing. And you're checking on them. Cool. If they respond, they respond. If they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. But your intentions were pure. Mm-hmm. I think the part of which you're working towards is like, well, when do I stop texting? When do I stop calling? Is a boundary question for you. What's your boundary? What's your cutoff space? Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own threshold. So what works for one person is not going to work for the other. What works for one couple is not going to work for the other couple. Makes sense. And so you have to decide for yourself what's your limitation. Is the limitation the fact of like, all right, after 10 years of reaching out, I'm not going to reach out no more. Is Mm -hmm. the limitation after just um, a few weeks, you're not going to reach out no more. You have to kind of decide what that limitation is for you. Returning back to what is your, how is it impacting you mentally? If you're finding your time like having these ruminating thoughts about it, then maybe you got to cut it off a little bit sooner. Mm, right? That's good. If you are having, t- you're not sleeping, you're not, then that's a bigger issue. Right. That's you, signs, right? Right. Those signs. are all okay. signs, okay. right, of someone that ha- is have, starting to have mental health implications, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm using the word implications because it's not necessarily a mental health illness. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of jargon gets like throw out, thrown around and people don't really understand the severity of when you say certain things. Right. And so like when somebody calls somebody else bipolar, hey, you're exactly. Bipolar. When, when somebody says crazy, yeah. crazy yeah. bipolar. Right. And it's like, you don't really understand what that means. And some of those things have hormonal changes that are happening, neurological mm-hmm. things that are happening in someone's body. And so I think in this terms, you really have to think about what is, what is triggering you, right? Mm-hmm. Is the trigger causing you to physically not sleep, changing in your eating, causing you to be stressed at work are you thinking about it having thoughts about it everywhere that you go mm. if i if you sit down so for example you mentioned your brother right so now if you had to have a conversation with another brother are you scared to interact with that brother based upon your initial feelings of with your current biological brother right is it is that a way of like putting that person in the place of yeah whoa yeah what you mean about that no, 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 because what she was saying is like you, uh, what she was saying, Anthony, was like you 
having issues with your brother, correct? You go to try to talk to it with Jeff and try to speak to him about it. You could be putting him in the place of your brother, not knowing that he's here to help. Yeah. yeah. Like, like subconsciously. subconsciously. So, uh, yeah, like that's what she was uh, saying. And I was like, we can subconsciously do that. Yeah, we do Mm. subconsciously a lot of things. And part of therapy is bringing up the subconscious stuff. Right. Because Mm. you come into therapy with what we call presenting issues as therapists. Right. And three weeks in, four weeks in, I'm like, oh, that wasn't the real issue. This is the issue. Mm. Right. Couples come in, they talk about one thing and we know like four weeks in and that's why it's like give therapy some time too. like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you want to have a rapport. You want to feel connected with your therapist. Mm -hmm. But you also got to give it time to work because you don't just open up to anybody. Like if somebody comes in and they start blurting out everything to me, yeah. that's the sound of boundary issues too. I know this question wasn't on the list, Janelle, but uh, what do you think about people that say black people don't go to therapy? Black people don't go to therapy. You know, I think that that's a, a stigma that's being broken. Mm. There's a lot more people starting to recognize you know therapy is important processing my emotions is important my faith is not just enough as well like i need to process and i can i can pray and go to therapy can you say that one more time for the people in the back you can pray and go to therapy say it one it's more a time. thing you one can more time. <laughs> one more time she's not playing with you Anthony. <laughs> you can pray and go to therapy I right you. um i think that god's gift to creation you know, is partly like for us to do life in community, mm. right? And we get to do life in community and pe- God gives people different gifts and talents, right? And having a third party or a person, a second person to kind of think through your thoughts, process with you is very helpful most of the time. Um, and it's needed because I think, especially if we talk about the black community, um, we were taught not to talk about our business, mm. right? That's Growing so up in a West Indian so household, true. right? A lot of what you hear is what happens at home stays, stays, at, stays home, at home, yeah, right? Stay in the home. And so we actually were taught to be silent about a lot of our frustrations and things that are happening in a day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think when kids grow up, what they learn? They're like, oh, no, I shouldn't talk about that, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so it starts back with the family structure. And being able to create that safe space for you as a family to have conversations. Mm. Because when those things happen, yeah, there's certain things, you know, that you want to keep in the home, but you also want to grow, right? There's so much breakthrough that happens. I love group therapy, right? There's not a lot of group therapy um, out there in terms of, I think, in the city. Like, there's things happening, but I don't think it's as prevalent because people are just kind of get their feet with individual therapy, right? Mm -hmm. But group therapy is so powerful because you can work through your stuff with your therapist, right? You can have a conversation with your therapist, but your therapist is only privy to what you say to them. They don't know nothing else. That's a good right? point. In group therapy, you get triggered by the people in the therapy process. Mm. Whoa. Ooh. I love it. Ooh. And so that process plays out in the room and then it's, it makes you have to think, you have to be present in the here and now. So like, I'm sitting across from you, Fred, right? And so if you said something I felt uncomfortable and the facilitator notices, the facilitator is going to be like, hey, I noticed when Fred said this, you responded this way. Your body, what, what happened there? Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Because even if it wasn't Fred, it's connected to something that you've went through in your own experiences. Exactly. And then you feel like that just happens when 
people are just alone by themselves too. I think that happens a lot more when people are interacting because you get triggered uh, okay. and you have to actually mm. work through your stuff. And so an in individual, only what you tell me is what I can work with. Wow. Right? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I'm hearing what you're saying, but if there's parts of it that you have a blind spot in, you're not going to reveal that to me. Mm. Right? I can say, hey, have you thought about this because I'm thinking it and it might be a blind spot. But if you don't admit it, right, then you're not mm. going to actually work through it. In a group therapeutic process, you're actually forced to work through that. Mm. So I have a question. Um, so much information, phenomenal information. Thank you, Janelle. So for our listeners who are looking for a therapist, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay. How do I go about finding the right therapist? Because, you know, if I'm dealing with stuff, or I'm dealing with family issues, relationship issues, and, you know, there's this whole stigma that black people don't go to therapy. How do I know? how to find the right therapist for me? What are some of the um, clear ways that we could give to our listeners as far as like, okay, you know what? These are the things that you should look for as far as when you're looking for a therapist. So when you're looking for a therapist, one of the main things you really want to focus on is your preferences, right? Is one. So are you clear that you want a black therapist, right? Some people just because you identify as a person of color doesn't mean you necessarily want a black, a black therapist, right? And so identify what your preference is, male, female, right? Do you want someone that has faith-based backing, right? Do you want someone that's not? All those things come into play. And then you want to consider what are the things I want to work on? The reason why I say this is because therapy can go for a really long time, mm -hmm. right? However, I always say for therapists is really doing their job, <laughs> you, your therapeutic process will be a lot shorter, right? Okay. And so I, I don't, for me personally, going back to preference, I don't like having super long-term clients. I have clients that they might have mental health issues and traumas that they're going through and illnesses. And so their, their trajectory is a little bit longer. And so you want to think about, What's happening for you? So do a baseline check for yourself, right? Are you having issues sleeping? Are you having, is your appetite changing? All those things. Because that will also tell you your time. Because you're, as the truth is, therapy is not cheap, right? right. Even with insurance. Mm -hmm. And so if you feasibly think you can only be in therapy for X amount of time, then there are certain things you might not be able to open up yet to work on. Right. And a, a good therapist is not going to open up a can of worms and just let you walk out the door either. Mm -hmm. And so psychology today, you can go, you can filter by insurance. You can filter by your preference, male, female. You can filter by your preference um, for religion. You can filter by your preference for area location. Mm. Right. Those are just the basic criteria in terms of filtering. Then you can also go to sites like therapies, therapy for black um Therapy for Black Girls. There's um, Melanated Therapy. There's so many different sites. If you literally wow. Google Black Therapy sites, a bunch of them will pop up and you wow. can search for clients. I mean, you can search for therapists, right? And so you have the ability to filter out and you read, interview your therapist. Mm. That's why consultations are there. Yeah. You know, not every um, therapist will have consultations, but ask for it. It's your right to ask for it. The same way how you're going to go to the doctor and if you don't bangs with the doctor on that track, that first one, you're going to go to another one, right? You're going to get a second opinion. Absolutely. And so see if their personality is a match, 
right? For you when you're having, you ask them like, hey, you know, how long have you been in therapy? Like in the business of, um, you know, providing services. What's your specialty, right? Like I talked about my specialty just being working with millennial women in trauma and then transitioning and couples therapy. That's a niche. I niche down to what I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Someone may come to me and say, do you take children, right? And I'm going to say, I prefer not to. I can refer you to someone, right? I can refer you to another clinician because I'm niched down, even though I've worked with children in the past, right? And so just really understanding what the need is. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you feel like it's anxiety and that's what you're working through, but the person's specialty is um, postpartum, right? That's two mm-hmm. different things. Right. Mm-hmm. So really kind of trying to niche down to see what it is. And there are some things that tie into it, right? So postpartum ha- is so large in, the, in a topic and conversation. And so you may have to kind of, you know, compromise a little bit on some things because sometimes some niches are not as fully defined yet for some areas, depending on where you live. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I would say just ask the questions, like ask questions. If you, if you have questions about the therapeutic process, the insurance, the billing, everything, ask it. Mm. Right. I have a question. So as a Christian therapist. Yes. Do you think the church or the pastor is responsible for their members mental health? That's a good question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Woo. Um, I think that the church is responsible in helping members seek mental health services. Okay. There has to be a bridge. Yes. Right. Um, we often can say, oh, pray. And I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in prayer. I, I'm up in the morning. I pray with my church 6 a.m. So I am a firm believer in prayer. And I'm also a firm believer in therapy. And so I think that the church has to kind of understand both. Right. And the I, church or the pastor? The church. Okay. The church as an entity. Right. Um, your pastor, you know, depending on what church you're in, your pastor may be very supportive of therapy um, as well. I think that part of this is just gaining a level of understanding. And that's the part of the reason, like my actual master's, I went to Nyack College. And so and when I went to Nyack, a lot of that, my schooling was based in the biopsychosocial spiritual model, right? In basic psychology, you're learning about the biopsychosocial model. But the spiritual component of generational curses, the spiritual component of things that are happening to people on an everyday basis, how people respond, how do you infuse faith Mm. with therapy, right? Your faith, therapy and faith can, can make someone even stronger, right? When you've worked through trauma, when you work through things that are hard, when you work through things that are difficult, and now prayer is, prayer is part of it. The Bible says that first faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Faith and works, yeah. right? Therapy is work. Absolutely. Therapy is work. You know, mm. so you're, the prayer is the faith, right? And then the other part is the work. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of get dirty and get through and talk through your, talk with yourself, with your friends, with your family, with a therapist, what you're experiencing unpack it right because you're coming to god and when you come to god and you're like god help me process through you know anxiety help me get through my day because i'm battling depression help me all these different things you have to also be able to understand what's happening for you what's really happening right Mm -hmm. we can pray really nice lofty prayers but like 
at the end of the day, what is accessible to you? Scripture says that a lot of things are accessible to us as believers, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if God says that I, every spiritual blessing is available to me, right? That's access that we mm-hmm. have to God. But if mm. you can't mentally, the, so much has happened mm-hmm. that now you don't even can't fathom that that thought is real. Right. Wow. Drop a gem on them. Right. Man, oh man, oh man. That's good. That's good. So you're saying, wow, that, that so I want to break it down because I want to make sure people in the back of the class, we, we, they're still listening. So you're saying to me that God, they've been teaching me about prayer, but in the same perspective, I can't fathom or understand how this will help me. So if I go to, if I do mental health or if I find a therapist, I may be able to understand God more. So I'm a little confused. Okay. So when you go into the therapeutic process, right, you're going to break down the things in your life that have caused you pain, have caused you hurt, Mm -hmm. have caused you to be stagnant, Mm -hmm. right? All of those things are things that are just day-to-day blockages in your life, right? Right. right. And so you also have things that help you to kind of be in a place where you're now also maybe experiencing feelings of overwhelm, feeling overwhelmed. You might experience feeling prideful at something, right? When you understand and you start to tap into the word of God and actually read scripture, there are parts of it where we can pray, right? But God has also asked us to do certain things. And sometimes that's a process of like, okay, you need to forgive. Like I'm asking you to forgive somebody. You don't want to forgive this person. And this person got your blessing. In order for you to work through that forgiveness, right, in a therapeutic process, I'm going to help you to identify what are the issues that are there Mm -hmm. that you need to work through to forgive and to actually be in a place with that person that even if you're not best of friends. Right. God could still use that person. God could use your worst enemy to bless you. He prepared a table before you. Right. So like when we talk about struggling with the mind, like the word says, we don't wrestle against flesh flesh and blood. Exactly. Like we struggle with these powers and these principalities, these things that we cannot see. That could even be like these thoughts. Yep. Like in the back of your mind, that those little anxious things exactly you know then yeah. and they're what we call limiting beliefs mm. in therapy right yeah. there are things that limit you from actually moving forward mm-hmm. right so uh, some people grow up really believing they're not enough so if you grow up feeling like you're not enough how are you going to receive from a god that's telling you that you are enough and he he has all these things for you every time nice. something's in front of you you're going to turn it away right that's a fact right I, and how do you feel like people benefit from like self talk Mm-hmm. Like, like talking, affirmations. Yeah, affirmations, building themselves up. How do they? How do you feel like people will benefit from that? I so I believe that self talk, like affirmations, is powerful for people because it's building a positive self esteem, mm-hmm. right? If you want to put flip <clears throat> the script on it, it's just declarations mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? And the best prayers that you can pray are scripture, right? Absolutely. And so. You know, God, like God says that his word would not return void to him. Right. And so if there is something in scripture where God says you have access to peace, I've given you peace. Right. And you start your day and you're like, today, I believe that all peace is surrounding me, that my mind is going to be peaceful. 
that everything that I do is going to invite peace, right? You're just affirming that scripture, right? And so I think the world has kind of, there's a lot of things that when we look as a, as, um, Christians and we examine, right? There's a lot of things that Christ has already set the foundation for and said, and the world's just kind of taking it and we don't even recognize it. And then mm. we actually say, oh, man, like we, we, we reject the fact that this is what God actually said initially, you know? And so even for me personally, um, on my platforms, I have something called declarations, right? Declaring the word over your life. There, it's affirmations, but I support every affirmation with the scripture. Mm, nothing, there is nothing, <laughs> literally, there is nothing, like literally nothing that you can't find that the world, ha the world has already taken and said, okay, I'm blessed and highly favored, right? Mm -hmm. What does that really mean if we, we, we dig down and look at it, right? There's, if you say, okay, um, I'm gifted in everything that I do. God made you in his image and likeness. Mm. Right. Mm. There's so many different things that you can literally find the scriptures for it. And True. so I think self-affirmations is powerful. Same thing when used in context to the glory of God. What's your favorite? What's your favorite line or favorite scripture in the Bible? My favorite. When you're going through mental, mental health. My favorite scripture when I'm going through challenges is going to be... I got I got more than one, so this is hard. That's why I'm like huh. You can name all the ones that you have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna say that God hasn't given me more than I can bear. Right? And the reason why I say that is because even when things get hard, when things get difficult, you know, we're dealing in a time where things are hard for a person of color, for the black person, for mm. a mom a black mom, for the black man, right? Like all these things. And so Turning back to God and knowing like, okay, God, you ha haven't given like as much turmoil that's happening in the world. I can still bear this because I'm with connected to you. I'm still connected to the source. Right. And as long as I plug into that source every day, I'm going to be okay. I love it. I, I was going to say that it, to Janelle's point, when she was talking about peace, the scripture that came to my mind was peace that surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Yep. So when we actually focus on that mm -hmm. and and like she said we have access to what god gives us so mm -hmm. we god's telling us like listen things may be out of our control but peace is something that you're always going to have that surpasses your understanding so i just wanted to bring that up yeah. right you have a favorite? oh man uh it's the scripture that really brought me to new york city uh it's proverbs 16 3 commit your works to the lord and your thoughts will be established one of my favorites is just because I it reminds me to always anything that I do and I put my hand to, I gotta give him praise first, and mm. I have to always commit right. everything to him, you know. And if I give it all, he'll 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 give me vision on the next step and what whatever the next step looks like. Yeah, you know. I, I think for me it would be um, have faith as mustard seed. I don't, I don't know if I said it. It was the Anthony way. <laughs> the, the Anthony, Anthony way. King, King no. way. But um, That's so really good. is like being able to just in anything you do, just have faith. Yeah. Um, small, big, but just have faith. Yo, Janelle Thompson. Mm, mm, mm. 
You dropped gems. Thank you so much. Shout Woo. out to the Thompson Experience. <laughs> JT. And if you ever need therapy, Janelle, <laughs> we'll charge you. You know what I'm saying? She'll charge you. She'll charge you. You know what I'm saying? We got bills to pay. Anyways, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? where Thank can you. they find you? Yes. Um, how can they reach you? Please let our um, community know mm -hmm. um, because we have a large community and we want to make sure yeah. that in our community, um, the top shelf community, is that they're able to get their own um, therapist or understand mental health. Okay. Um, they can find me at www.simplyredefining.com. Um, they can also find me on Instagram at simplyredefining. Um, if you message me on Instagram, uh, I probably won't answer just being real honest because of the fact that as a therapist, like we can't really form therapeutic relationships via Instagram. Right. And so if you are in great. need of therapeutic services, um, reach out to me via my website or my um, email, which is info at simply And right. I will be sure to help you get back to you, have a free consultation if needed um, and help you refer if I'm not even if I'm not the person for you. I'm big on basically helping my community to find other practitioners that can help them, can support them and guide them to their path of healing and recovery. I saw this on Drink Champs. I just want to do this for Janelle <laughs> for being such an illustrious and amazing guest. Can we clap it up for Janelle? <laughs> can we clap it up for Janelle in our place? <laughs> Thank you so much. You're amazing, Janelle. Thank you Janelle guys for Thompson. having me. That they were free today. <laughs> what up? It was there were free. <laughs> what is your final thought for our listeners? Final thought is if you are going through mental health challenges, if you are experiencing, you know, hardship in any way emotionally, um, think that a lot has happened in this past year. You know, we had a whole pandemic. We're still in it. And so don't be afraid to reach out for help. Ask for help. Ask, ask, ask for help. Reach out, you know, connect. Um, with your with your family, if your family's not a safe space, find a safe space, you know, and that safe space can sometimes is reaching out to a colleague at work and they're connecting you to your EAP benefits. And so you can speak to a counselor there. Most companies actually have um, benefits for their employees where they can reach out and maybe get five, six sessions from their employer for therapy. Right. And so reach out, get support where you need don't do life by yourself and choose to heal your trauma because if you don't, it will impact your generation to come. So Love it. that's With it. that said, thank you for having a top shelf experience. Have a great day.